0: of the four sets of the mysteries of the rosary, my favorite set is the the sorrowful mysteries. The sorrowful mysteries I love because it really shows the love of God that that He has for us. I'm gonna take a moment and I wanna run through the, the crucifixion scene. So there is Jesus standing ready to be laid upon the cross. He's laid upon the cross. He's crucified, nails in his hands and his feet. He's hung up then into the sky. At some point, his mom, Mary, stands below the cross, Jesus' disciple, John. There's Mary Magdalene there. There's a number of other women at a distance. There's the soldiers. A couple of them are playing dice. Casting lots to see who gets Jesus' clothes. Some of the other soldiers are watching. Remember that the, the crucifixion scene is the entrance to Jerusalem. The Roman officials knew that if they ever wanted to, to kill someone, they had to do it in front of everybody because it gave, it was an example to all the others. There's a number of people walking in and out of Jerusalem merchants, people just going about their business and they're walking by this crucifixion scene, they don't really have a clue what's going on there's just a couple maybe a few more of the women who understood that that Jesus was dying for us that he was dying for not just the people living at that time but for you you for all humanity and they stood there humbly at the foot of the cross entering into the great mystery of what was taking place they wanted to understand there were others who were ignorant of what was taking place there were some that were complacent they didn't care Despite all that was going on right before Jesus dies, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Those are the words that Jesus is saying to you and I. He says to us every Mass, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Because when we come to Mass, sometimes we're like Mary and John, where we're really attentive, or really entering into the great mystery of the cross. Other times at Mass, we're, we're like those soldiers playing dice, just not, not physically, but in our mind, we're, we're goofing off. Other times we're like those just walking in and out of Jerusalem, not caring what's happening at Mass. The crucifixion scene isn't much different than what happens at Mass. The church has always taught that when we come to Mass, we gather at the, at the crucifixion scene. I was going through some of the, the, um, the drawers in the sacristy, and in one of the drawers I found this, this banner. I'm guessing at some point it, it hung out here. On the banner there's, there's the image of the Lamb. And front the Lamb, there are seven streams flowing, referring to the seven sacraments. It was hung out uh, many times. Actually, come to think of it, I think the banner that hangs in front of her during Easter season or Christmas, it shows the Lamb with the seven streams on it. But it calls to mind what takes place at every Mass when we say, Lamb of God, You take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, grant us peace. The Mass is the representation of Calvary. The Lamb of God on the altar The final book of the Bible in the book of Revelation speaks about seeing that Lamb that was slain but yet alive, and all the elders and all the nations of the world, people from every tongue bow down before the Lamb. In our first reading today, the prophet Isaiah sees a similar image, he's there seated, or he sees God seated on a high and lofty throne with the train of his garment filling the temple. And there's a seraphim, these angels who are closest to God. They're stationed above, and they're crying one to the other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. All the earth is filled with his glory. Those words sound familiar to us, don't they? We pray them at every Mass. And what happens to Isaiah's heart is something that ought to happen to all of our hearts. That we ought to recognize our unholiness, our inability to be before God in our sinfulness. Isaiah says, woe is me, I am doomed, for I am a man of unclean lips, living among a people of unclean lips. And then one of the seraphim, one of the angels, takes an ember, a hot coal, touches it to Isaiah's lips and says, See, this is interesting, guys, this is an angel being the vessel used to take away sin. The angel says, See now that this has touched your lips, your wickedness is removed, your sin purged. And Isaiah is sent to go out and proclaim the good news to others. In our gospel reading, when when Simon Peter encounters Jesus, and encounters Jesus' awesomeness, the whole catch of fish, what happens to Peter's heart is really one of two things. He he could he could be prideful and not see his sinfulness and not care. Or he does this. He says, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. There's two types of pride. There's the pride that does not recognize one's sin. And there's the pride that recognizes one's sin, but thinks the sin is too big for God. That's that's what, the second is the type of pride Peter has here. Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. But in both cases, we must come to Jesus. We must come to the Lord. Recognize our sinfulness and then ask Jesus to remove it. Jesus says to Simon, do not be afraid. And then sends him on a mission. When Jesus died on the cross, he granted to all of us the forgiveness of our sins. Because of the great love, when you, when you really meditate upon what's happening on the cross, you really see the great love that God has for all of us. That if you, if you think in your heart that God doesn't love you, that's not coming from him. He would die on the cross for you if you were the only person living. On Easter Sunday, the first thing that Jesus does is he gives us the sacrament of confession. He gives us a way, a channel, through which his forgiveness can come to our hearts. He appears in the upper room and he says, Receive the Holy Spirit. He's talking to the apostles here. These are the first bishops. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, whose sins you retain are retained. And ever since then, the apostles have handed down to their successors and the successors to their successors all the way down to today, that we still are able to tap into the forgiveness of sins thanks to this great channel of mercy that Jesus has given to us. The sacrament of mercy, the sacrament of confession. Confession. But you and I, for a variety of reasons, are afraid of approaching God in the sacrament of confession. We can be like Peter, we can recognize our sinfulness and say it's it's too much. We're too afraid of being humble. We're too afraid of coming to the sacrament of mercy and receiving mercy. This is what happens in the sacrament of confession. Because I realize that some of you haven't been to confession in a long, 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 long time. You all know who you are. (coughs) This is what happens when you come to the sacrament of confession. First of all, one must desire God's mercy. If someone comes to confession and confesses their sins and doesn't care about doing anything better, of course Jesus cannot forgive their sins. The priest may give the person absolution, but but Jesus knows what's going on in the heart so one examines one's conscience one then comes into the confessional you have one of two ways of going you can go behind the screen which sets a, a sort of boundary between you and the priest every penitent has the right to go behind the screen one could also go face to face some confessionals offer that but not all confessionals do it's your choice And then you, you, if you're going behind the screen, you kneel down and you make the sign of the cross, the very words of your first conversion, the words of baptism. After making the sign of the cross, one says, Father, forgive me, for I have sinned. My last confession was however many weeks, months, or years ago. And then one goes into one's sins. One confesses one's big sins first, one's mortal sins. Because it's the mortal sins that deprive us of the life of God within us. At a later homily I'll go through and I'll talk about what mortal sins are. Deadly sins that kills the life of God within the soul. One begins with that, then one confesses one's venial sins. One's not required to confess venial sins, but one is highly encouraged to do so. This is maybe obvious. One does not confess one's children's sins, nor one's parents' sins, nor one's spouse's sins. One confesses one's own sins. Without making excuses. Jesus knows your heart. He knows what's going on in it. After one has confessed one's sins, then the priest We'll we'll give some advice. Sometimes the advice is helpful, sometimes it's not. Just being honest. Those of you who have gone to confession know what I'm talking about. But I found for myself that the more open I am to, to God working through the priests, the more the advice really means something. But if I come in not caring Oftentimes the advice doesn't it doesn't mean a lot. The priest will give a penance. The penance is something that one does then after one leaves the confessional, to make satisfaction for one's sins, to make amends. No, if if a, if you came to confession, the priest gave you a really big penance. That really big penance is rather small in comparison to any sin that you or I have committed. I didn't realize this until I had gone to confession. I just had a, you know a few venial sins to confess, and the priest gave me a whole rosary and I left and I'm like, "What did I do? I was upset and then I, I realized that rosary is nothing in comparison to any offense against God. Depensence could be a variety of things. Then the priest asks the penitent to, to make an act of contrition. You can make up your own act of contrition. You can use the one provided. You could even use the confitior set often at the beginning of Mass. Many of us have it memorized. After the act of contrition, then the priest gives the words of absolution. And he says this. Listen to these words, guys. God the Father of mercies. That's how it begins. God the Father, our Dad... But he's not just any old dad. He's the dad of mercy. He's the one who wants us to be in relationship with him. He's the one who wants to remove our hardened hearts. He's the one who wants us in heaven. God, the Father of mercies, through the death and resurrection of his Son, has reconciled the world to himself and sent the Holy Spirit among us for the forgiveness of sins. Through the ministry of the church, may God give you pardon and peace. And then the beautiful words I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If one has come with a contrite heart, with a heart that wants wants conversion, the beauty of God's life is able to live within that soul. And the person is sent on a mission. A mission to bring that same mercy to others. confession on Saturdays starting at 4.30 for 45 minutes up until Mass. I also have confessions scheduled right before every Sunday Mass from 10 o'clock to 10.15. One could, of course, I'll always make an appointment. Or if you happen to be in Dickinson, there's four churches in Dickinson. Particularly, Queen of Peace has noon Mass I think Tuesday through Friday. And there are confessions before Mass. Folks, go to confession. I don't want any of you showing up at the gates of heaven and saying to Jesus, because you're in the habit of saying to Jesus, or not in the habit of asking his forgiveness, I don't want you to say to Jesus, I don't want your forgiveness. Or to think that your sins are too big for Him to forgive. What we say when we die is the very thing that we're building the habit of saying now. Come to confession. We're required to come to confession at a minimum of once per year, but go often. If your heart is hardened, if your heart is complacent, tell Jesus that you don't like that heart. If your heart is a little bit squirmish right now from this homily, tell Jesus about it. He wants you to know his love. He wants to know your, your care, that he cares about you. He wants, to, he wants you to be in heaven.